Welcome to Luke 21 Radio, a broadcast explaining biblical prophecy in the tradition of St. Augustine. And now, from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood, and welcome to Luke 21. This is episode 328. Before we launch into today's study, I want to let you know again, we have three handouts for you. They're free. Simply send an email to askthehost at gmail.com. The first two are slightly revised, but importantly revised handouts, the first of the three views of the millennium. And just to let you know, at the bottom of that revised handout, I have updated crucial questions that really get to the heart of what is the nature of the millennium during the current age of the church. And I also include some scriptures to think about and some catechism references. So you want to get a hold of that one. The second one are the three varieties of the pre-mill viewpoint. The millennial viewpoint, the pre-mill viewpoint that Christ returns before a millennium, a literal 1,000 years begins, has three different viewpoints one of those viewpoints happened to be the rapture at any moment theory, which is what we're doing in this mini-series. So it really means if you investigate the millennium question and find out the pre-mill viewpoint doesn't hold water in your estimation, then the rapture theory is gone because it's simply a subcategory of the pre-mill. It's dependent upon the pre-mill. That's why you want to get these two handouts. Now, today I'm asking the question, and we have a handout for this, is that ask the question, can the rapture occur at any moment? And uh, the man who cuts my hair, we've been having, every time I get my haircut, we're talking about biblical prophecy, and he's a rapture guy, but he's curious that the Catholics who really hold the trustworthiness of the Bible, have this different perspective, and always wants to kind of probe and, you know, what, what what's up with the Catholics believing about biblical prophecy? We have very respectful discussions. Last time I got my hair cut, it was a topic of this broadcast. Is the coming of Christ eminent? Is the rapture eminent? Can it occur at any moment without any warning whatsoever? And that's a key feature of the rapture at any moment theory. Okay, and you might even subtitle this with another question, is that do First and Second Thessalonians have anything to do with each other? If you can answer that question, you can answer the question, can the rapture occur at any moment? St. Paul wrote both First and Second Thessalonians from Corinth, Greece, about 621 miles south of Thessalonica. He had to escape Thessalonica uh, in the middle of the night. Uh, the local citizens were out for his head, and he had to take off, and he was concerned about them, so he wrote back. Uh, Thessalonica in the first century was a major metropolitan in the region of Macedonia, and today it's the second largest city in Greece in the Macedonian region of northern Greece. It's a big seaport. So St. Paul was writing back to the Thessalonians. They had misunderstood some things about the end times. And one of the biggest hints 
I'm going to give you of what prompted their misunderstandings is that where they lived. They were basically Greeks, the Greek language and the Greek worldview. And even Paul writing from Corinth in his first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 15, it's the longest chapter in the New Testament trying to explain the resurrection of the body because the Greek worldview, it was the physical things, tangible things, matter was evil, the non-material was good. And here was St. Paul was saying, no, God takes the body and will make it into a new body and resurrect it. And that was a hard one for Greeks of any stripe, Thessalonica or Corinth, to try to understand. And so Paul wrote, 1 Thessalonians, make sure you're okay clarifying the end times. And then they misunderstood his clarification, so he wrote a second epistle to clarify the questions arising from the first epistle. So the two epistles are related. My sub-question, do First and Second Thessalonians have anything to do with each other? They sure do. Same topic, same author, same situation, same cultural situation, same basically misunderstandings arising out of a Greek worldview. Now, the rapture at any moment, folks, insists that the rapture can occur at any time and without warning, and they insist that this is a secret coming of the Lord, and they base their beliefs on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 17. And I'm not going to dissect verse 17 yet. I've done it in the past. I'll do it in the future. But I just want to alert you to what they do. They isolate 1 Thessalonians 4.17 from the wider context of 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, and just as importantly, they isolate it from 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Again, we have same author, same topic, same people, same general time reference. First and 2 Thessalonians do have something to offer each other, and they are interrelated, which brings us to I think this really neat handout that I prepared for you, and it's something that um, I'm not exactly aware of anybody else has done quite like this, but what I have done is have two columns for you, and it's simply on the left-hand column. I have 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 15 through 18, to try to provide a little context to that rapture verse, 1 Thessalonians 4, 17, Okay. And then on the contrasting second column, parallel to it, um, is 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 1 through 8, again, getting a context. And then what I've done is, in color, I, I take certain phrases or words and color match it between 1 Thessalonians 4 and 2 Thessalonians 2. So you can go back and forth. For instance... I start with red in 1 Thessalonians 4.15. Again, I'm just moving up a couple of verses to get a context. St. Paul writes, For this we declare to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and left until the coming of the Lord shall not precede those who have fallen asleep. So in red, the coming of the Lord. So let's now go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now concerning the 
coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in our assembling to meet him. So right off the bat, the coming of the Lord, the coming of the Lord, and those are highlighted in red. And then Paul says, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call and the sound of the trumpet and the dead in Christ will rise first. Okay, now verse 16 is not duplicated in 2 Thessalonians 2. I'll give you a little peek into the future. It is duplicated in Jesus's teachings on the end times in the gospels, but that's not where we are today. But verse 16 about the Lord will descend, come down from heaven with a cry of command, with the archangel's call and the sound of the trumpet of God. Now that's the verse immediately before the secret rapture verse, 417. I'm talking from a rapture at any moment viewpoint, okay? Now, that imminent rapture is described as the secret rapture, contrasting it with the second coming of Christ. I believe quite clearly this is talking about the second coming of Christ, but nonetheless, I'm trying to go into the rapture theory viewpoint. Okay, they're saying this is a secret coming for the rapture, secret coming of Christ. Well, (laughs) the archangel's call and the sound of the trumpet will likely be the loudest sound ever heard in the universe. And it's anything but secret. This is the loudest thing that may have ever occurred. This is the Big Bang. Uh, And so, I just find it almost humorous, but I used to digest this, that it'll be a secret coming of Christ. In 1 Thessalonians 4.17, never bothered to read the verse before. Well, I did, but how can this be secret when it's the sound of God, the archangel's call? Uh, This is the grandest announcement in the history of the universe, Christ coming, well, except for the birth of Christ, Christ coming back. All right, so then... We have verse 17, we're going to be caught up together with Christ in the air, okay? And what does Second Thessalonians say? Well, concerning the coming of our Lord, we learn from 1 Thessalonians 4, it's not secret. From 2 Thessalonians 2, we're still talking about the same topic, the coming of our Lord. But then Paul says, don't be quickly shaken, in mind or excited that the fact that the day of the Lord has come. Let no one deceive you in any way, for that day, the day of the Lord, that's what's described in 1 Thessalonians 4.16. That day will not come unless the rebellion comes first and the man of lawlessness is revealed the son of perdition. This is the Antichrist. St. Paul says, before 1 Thessalonians 4.16 occurs, don't be uh, quickly shaken, don't be stirred up unnecessarily, and especially the apostle says, let no one deceive you in any way. The, The second coming of Christ, which is not secret, which is exceedingly loud and shocking to the core of our being, 
will not come until there's this grand deception by the Antichrist. And there will be a, a, a rebellion against the moral law, the natural law, the reign of God, uh, the whole idea of Christianity, and there will be a big falling away from the faith. And we're not to get all wound up thinking that it's eminent because something has to come first. Both passages are talking about the coming of the Lord. Passage one talks about it's not secret when Christ comes. Passage two says there's something has to intervene first. So it's not coming without any warning whatsoever. Now, the deception is going to be so thick, a lot of people are going to be surprised. They're going to be taken unawares because they've fallen into sin. Sin darkens the mind. You're not going to be aware of what's happening before our eyes. But it says finally in 2 Thessalonians 2, verse 8, and then the lawless one will be revealed. And that's the Antichrist, but Christ will slay him with the breath of his mouth and destroy him by his appearing and his coming. So 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 is talking about the coming of our Lord. And then in verse 8, after he talks about the things that has to happen first, it's not eminent, there's an event, the falling away, the rise of the Antichrist, the great deception, and then he'll be slain by the coming of Christ. And when the Antichrist and all those falling away hear the great trumpet sound, they'll go, uh-oh, we made a big mistake that will be fatal forever. I'm Steve Wood, your host. And you've been listening to episode 328 of Luke 21 Radio. Luke 21 is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at luke21.com.